Good Monday morning. This is part two of a little break we're doing for Easter. Uh, we did, what does the Bible say about the Bible and how we got the Bible? And we have a lot of work still to do on that one, but we're taking a two week break. So please listen to part one before this one on the resurrection and whether we can really trust and believe the stories. Last week, we looked at the historicity of the gospels. They are alike in many, many ways, but they differ in some ways. That doesn't bother me. It shows, as, um, as a friend pointed out recently, that they're reliable enough that we can count on them, but they also have differences in them. It shows this is no blind conspiracy. I can remember finding out about conspiracies, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. There is um, the great Roman historian Sherwin White, and that's a last name, it's hyphenated, Sherwin White says, quote, for Acts, the confirmation of historicity is overwhelming. Any attempt to reject its basic historicity, even in matters of detail, must now appear, appear absurd. Uh, there are actually over 3,000 scholarly papers, books, and journals written in English, French, and German over the last 35 years, all on the historicity of the gospel accounts in the book of Acts, showing Luke really knew what he was talking about. They, they focus on Luke because they used to attack Luke, thinking he got all these things wrong, but they kept digging up stuff, manuscripts, paving stones, engravings, um, gravestones and the like, to find, and it, one after another, whatever they said Luke got wrong, he got right. The death of Jesus is not just mentioned in the New Testament, it is mentioned in other sources as well. Josephus and Tacitus are the ones that come most quickly to mind. Atheists such as John Dominic Crossan and Gerd Ludemann are very open about it and say the crucifixion of Jesus is as sure as anything historical can be. His death as a result of crucifixion is indisputable." End of quote. We know, and these historians bring this up, we know Joseph of Arimathea knew the location of the tomb. He was buried in the tomb. The women in Galilee knew the two Marys, the temple guard. One of the women uh, likely to have been present at the entombment of Jesus was a woman called Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the steward or manager of Herod's household. Luke tells us she was a follower of Jesus from Galilee and later says these women from Galilee witnessed the burial and the, present, and the uh, preparations for burial ahead of the entombment. These preparations would have included up to about 25 kilograms, um, 55 pounds of spices and wrappings. Rich people actually kept these spices and wrappings at home for just such occasions because death was certain, uh, life was nasty British and short, so you kept those ready. In the same way Cammie and I have prepaid for our cremations, and we've already got the box they go in. Uh, they sent us the box. I didn't know I was getting a box, but anyway, we got the box. You know, they had these spices ready. All of these preparations would indicate that nobody was expecting a resurrection. Nobody was just gonna hang around the tomb, hey guys, he'll be right back. In fact, it was the Jewish authorities who first alerted people that the tomb was empty. They're the first ones that went, wait, hey, hey, hang on. 
And of course, the Roman soldiers, they're having to report back as well. Uh, it could have been Roman soldiers that guarded the tomb. There's also, you can read that as in the Jewish temple guard had to guard the tomb because Pontius Pilate said, you have a guard. Whether that meant use your own guys or you can have our guys is still disputed. Regardless, Christians did not talk about the resurrection publicly for seven weeks. We, the first public discussion of the resurrection of Christ doesn't happen until Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost. All scripture tells us that there uh, were about 500 witnesses, including many who are named and some who over the next 50 years would write. The witnesses are very consistent in their testimony. They're willing to die for it, and they did. They were willing for their families to die for it, willing for their nation to die. They did not recant, not under the most horrific conditions. Sometimes other religions will try to use a similar thing to prove them. <clears throat> One of these days we'll have to do a whole series on other faiths, but I don't like beating up other faiths. I just don't feel like that's my job. But when, if you get a Book of Mormon, it'll say attested to, and I'll have all these names. And the, the young people at your door who are good people, never, never, never mistreat them. Um, they, they will tell you these people never recanted, but in history they did, written. It's, it's, now some of them recanted and then came back. Some of them just refused to ever answer the question again. And that's not the same here. In resurrection of Jesus, these people spoke about it, were willing to die, were willing for their children and families to die in front of them, and they never recanted. Something happened. <clears throat> now, a little science here, it won't hurt, promise. Let's say that you're in a boat, and I've used this illustration before, just a fishing boat, you know, one of those that you oar in and oar out, and you have a small outboard, uh, has a couple planks for two people to, to set, three people to set, and, and fish. And you're out in the big lake, like Lake Erie, you're, and you don't see land anywhere around. You're well out. Then here comes a wave. It's not a terrifying wave. It's, it's just a wave. But it's a, there, there hadn't been waves. And here's a six-foot wave. And that's enough to get your attention. You go, whoa. You look around. Where did that come from? Oh, it's an excellent question. So we could, we could talk about that. Underwater explosion, uh, earthquake. These are not ridiculous. These things do occur. Um, a distant ship that is big, because there are big ships on the Erie. Um, a huge fish or a huge pack of fish. You can go to the absurd. But what nobody will say is, you know, I bet. I just bet that somewhere up in Sarnia in Ontario, a, um, a salamander jumped in and that wave's been coming all the way down the Detroit River, entered Erie and hit us. Nobody's going to say that because that's not an adequate cause for the wave. Something changed Peter from a mouthy coward-like person. And by the way, that's not even an insult to Peter because I think I'm more like him than the other apostles. Uh, he, he was human all over. He was human. What changed him from there to standing up in front of everybody on the day of Pentecost and delivering the first gospel sermon? Something changed these people. 
it changed them from head to toe. A resurrection is an adequate first cause for that. A, our leader died, maybe he came back symbolically and let's start a new church, is not. But when I was a boy, I found a book my dad did not want me to find. He hadn't hidden it. He just wasn't aware I was that deep in his library. He had, from early on, I was handed big, thick, black bound tomes on theology and history and our doctrine and our tribe. And I read them, uh, reading and knowing what I'm reading and remembering it. That's one of my very few gifts. And so I read and read and read. Then I came across this little red paperback, the Passover plot. I went, oh, what's that about then? I think I was about 12 and I read it. And I remember reading it going, people say this? Why do they say this? And it was all about how, no, the resurrection's complete hoax, complete hoax. And it gave reasons <clears throat> why it was a hoax and reason why, and by the way, it's still out there. You can find it. Uh, authors of it's long dead and you know, probably now understands the errors, but um, it's still out there. I'm not afraid for you to read it. I don't think truth's afraid of you reading anything. Uh, so what'd they say? Well, first of all, we know the facts. There was the broken Roman seal, tomb was empty, the guard ran away, the grave clothes were left behind, people saw Christ in public. They, many of them that saw Christ were not followers, like Saul of Tarsus. Many of those that saw him changed their lives immediately. We talked about that with Peter and many others, and they kept the story. So, what are the other alternatives? listed in Passover plot and books like it. Albert Schweitzer, the great genius physician and scientist, also wasn't convinced of the resurrection. Uh, so he wrote some of these. Here are the sum total of what I can find in books like the Passover plot. Uh, sum total of this. Now, as we brought up last week, there are a lot of science guys and guys that aren't qualified in history who have made statements about history that they don't hold. So, what do these guys say as possible explanations? All right, he didn't die, he swooned. You see, he, uh, he fell into like a comatose state, just swooned so far out, they couldn't revive him. So, they buried him thinking he was dead because those primitive people, <clears throat> They don't know what they're doing. It's not like they've done crucifixions every day for the last 300 years. This is new. So they wrap him up and they put him in a tomb. And the coolness of the tomb, a lot of these are quotes, the coolness of the tomb revives him. He wakes up, gets up, and he leaves. And everybody said he was, he was resurrected. There, there are people walking around telling this story. In some ways, I think it's a better story than one we get in the Bible, because think about it, think about it. <clears throat> Here's a guy who's not had anything to eat in days, uh, only a sip or two to drink. He has been whipped to his back, has, is just shreds. He's been beaten to where, when he speaks, people have a hard time understanding him on the cross. There are errors made in what he is saying. Uh, he is, just brutalized. Then he's wrapped up in 55 pounds of wrapping and spices, put into a cave. They roll this massive stone 
and seal it. But in there, <clears throat> he wakes up. He burst out of this. Now, have you been rolled up in a carpet? I had three older sisters. I was rolled up in a carpet. It wasn't 55 pounds and I'm going nowhere. You can't. But he burst out, moves the rock away, beats up the Roman soldiers. I would tell you that that's more of a Marvel Comics, DC, whatever. That, that would have been a good movie. It's ridiculous. It's much more ridiculous than believing Jesus came back from the dead. After he got out of there, where'd he go? How'd he survive? He would have died of infection, if nothing else. What about the spear hole here? How about the lung collapse? You know, water mingled with blood. <clears throat> then the other, <clears throat> sorry, the other one, assertion. His apostles hid the body and lied. Have you, have you ever read, read the New Testament? His apostles ran away at the crucifixion. John stuck around for a while. Looks like he ran away, then came back. There were some faithful women that stayed. The apostles were not made out of the, the stern stuff that would have let them pull off such a fraud. It goes against every aspect of everything we know about the character. Then <clears throat> some religions, Jehovah's Witnesses, are one <clears throat> who will say it was just a spirit body. Not a real body, spirit body. And yet, Jesus says, touch the wounds. He eats with them. There's, you know, they'll, they'll say, but he passed into a door that was locked. You know, Jesus did miracles. And he didn't forget how after the crucifixion. But most of the time, he wasn't doing that. He was even saying, bring some fish over and I'll cook you breakfast. He was working within the physics of the world. He was a human. All of these require more faith than the resurrection, and they also contradict known facts. The resurrection does not contradict any known fact, except one. Biologically, we believe that once you die, the process of your body's deterioration commences very quickly. We have a body farm in East Tennessee where um, bodies are laid out in different areas, buried in different ways, covered with different stuff, to study how they're decayed. <clears throat> it's all done with permission. And only forensic scientists, pathologists, and such are allowed to go in there and do the studies. Um, biologically, resurrection doesn't make sense. But it is still easier to believe that that one thing was overcome one time whenever you look at the whole weight of scripture, history, Jesus' teaching, and then the huge wave that hit our little boat. Something happened, a lot bigger than a salamander going for a dip. Something happened. The Christian doesn't need to be ashamed. They don't have to have their textbook rewritten every day. No, we don't believe <clears throat> that the Bible is equal in perfection to God. But the stories we're told about the resurrection are of such a high quality of evidence that we can accept this. I certainly do. I pray you have a blessed Easter. And more important than that, I pray that Easter stays with you, that you have fewer Friday nights and more Sunday mornings. 
fewer nights mourning your losses and pain and a life filled instead with the resurrected Christ. If you have questions, if you want to be baptized, if you want to, to follow Christ, Patrick at OurSafeHarbor.com. Go to YouTube, find Our Safe Harbor Church there and subscribe or over at Vimeo or go to Tithely. There's a Tithely app on your app store, in your app store, and look up Our Safe Harbor Church. Download that and you'll have all of our lessons, everything we put out there for free. Uh, and you'll be, have it in your pocket. But you can also contact me from there. If you have questions, those are important. We want to deal with them. God bless you. Have a wonderful Easter and go with Christ.